think we're wrong. Back, everybody. We're good. We're Hello. Good. Hey. <laughs> we're wearing the same outfit because we planned it. Glasses yeah. and all. We're so gray. Gray is usually not my color either. I think that. Really? Um, yeah, it usually doesn't make me look very tan, and I always choose colors that make me look really tan, even when I'm not tan. But I feel it's that. a Florida. I think it's a Florida people problem. I think yeah. the best compliment you can ever give a Floridian is that they look tan. That's like every Floridian's favorite comment. That they look tan. Isn't that like a given though? Because you live in Florida. Well, yeah, if you like have like any free time to go outside, but like, uh, and it's also incredibly overcast all July and August. So June, yeah. July, August. This is our hurricane season, so we're getting ready. It's supposed yeah. to be like the. Well, they said last year was supposed to be like the. Like the scariest, strongest hurricane season yet, and we didn't get a single hurricane. Okay. So but we all like the same. We like year. pray for hurricanes. It's like a weird Florida thing. Because you have really? like hurricane Yeah. You have like hurricane parties. You get the whole week off of school usually. Even tropical storms like can get to a point where they like, call school off. It's like a snow day. Okay. Like, like blizzards are scary, like kind of, because you can get like snowed into places, but you don't have to go to school, you don't have to go to work. Hurricanes can blow your like entire like city away and like knock power out for months at a time, but you don't have to go to school. You don't have to go to work. And usually people like like we always go to Ryan's mom's house and we have like the yeah. entire family in one space. So yeah. I don't know. It's more of like you, know, a, you don't really do that with blizzards. You kind of just stay in your own home. You don't like get with your family. Another sort <laughs> thing. Something dangerous is coming. We're gonna throw a party. And usually right. in like like the nicer, like the smaller hurricanes, you go outside and you like play oh. in the hurricane. That's as long as you don't get like killed by anything flying in the wind. There's usually no lightning, and like if it's like a category okay. one, you can like see it. Honestly, you can see it in the eye of a hurricane at any category. It's yeah, that's hey, everybody, either come to Florida if you're not scared or don't, because yeah, we're all crazy. I guess all right, it depends on what you want to deal with. What for kind of me, weather conditions? Yeah, for me, it's... Oh, and Ryan last... Or, like, when we had a Category 5 on its way, it, like, jumped in the ocean when it was, like, 10-foot waves. Just super normal. All right, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about mistakes that we've made in the past regarding fitness and things that we would have done differently if we had given... Had some direction. I think that no one really has direction in the beginning. I was going to say, I, I mean... May, I honestly, I think there's direction if you're open to seeing it. The right direction. Sense. Yeah, like the right and direction. I think the majority of my directions came from Pinterest in like 2011, okay. which is like a, a dark, dangerous time for Pinterest where everyone had the idea that peanut butter was like the best snack to have and you only needed to do... I remember doing... um actually like right in like my freshman year of college doing like a hundred day squat challenge where it was I remember those it wasn't even like a barbell squat or a banded squat or anything it was literally just an air squat and it was like you would add one or two every day and I remember doing it like in my ex-boyfriend's like bedroom and I would just be like one all right that was it for the day that was my squat challenge tomorrow it's gonna be two and then I would do two and then thinking yeah. that I was doing no, exercise that was but that's not real exercise that was a thing or like they did like push-up stuff or um 
They had, I remember Pinterest would have like a whole calendar laid out and it was like certain days of the week you would do certain like few movements, but it wasn't like anything aggressive. It was like yep. four movements tops with like 50 reps and like that's yep. what you did. Like uh, split lunges and there was also like a little period of time where it was like, it had like the letters of the alphabet and it would have like 10 jumping jacks next to A and it would like have you spell out your name. Oh, like, it's. If you had, like, a certain name, though, it would be, like, it would end up being, like, 60 jumping jacks. I'm like, all right, I'll just do 60 jumping jacks, and then that's fitness. Yeah. Hashtag fitness, working out. That would be something, like, I would do in, like, elementary school or, like, gym class. I feel like that would be, like, one of those, like, games that the kids would do. That's a smart one. I don't coach anymore, but I would have liked that one. We did um, Jump Rope for Heart, which was, like, um. Like everyone, I don't know, everybody in the school jump roped and you like had to go home and ask your parents to like give you money and I don't even know where it went. The American Heart Association? I think so. Yeah, that was I fun. I was like, active. I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think kids can jump rope anymore. Kids can't run. I know that. I was going to say, do they do gym class still? Is that a thing? Um, I know that they took away recess for a while. Um, during like when the kids got back into school, they were allowed yeah. to do indoor recess. And I was like, what's indoor recess? And they're like, well, we kind of just sit like at a table and we play games. I was like, what kind of games? They're like, like Scrabble and like Monopoly. I was like, okay, so this is like indoor break session. So this isn't recess. We're not actually being active. I remember indoor recess when it was like raining out or the weather was bad. But we were like in the gymnasium and we could like run around and play games. Basketball. But it was never, yeah, basketball. You could do like, I don't know dodgeball but like the safer version yeah hey that's like a ancient unlocked memory anyway throwback man yeah back to what we were actually talking about and trying to stay on track we're gonna try very hard this time around to stay on track and make zero guarantees because that's just not how my brain works um but back to being in college and trying to be a fitness person it was hard for me mostly because I came from a competitive fitness background. Like I, I did competitive cheerleading, I did competitive gymnastics, and I did a bunch of like other sports. They don't teach you how to be like an athlete after the fact. So like once you're mm-hmm. done going to like practices where you have a coach the whole time, like you have no idea what to do with your life. So you just kind of like mimic what you are doing as an athlete in whatever sport yeah. you're doing. So for me, that was like, stretching like I did so much stretching because like we would start every practice with like 30 to 45 minutes of stretching so I'm like that's how it works and I would stay upstairs at the fitness center that we had at my college and never go downstairs where all like the cardio stuff was and I would stretch for like 30 40 minutes and then walk on a treadmill and then be done all right that's what I would pretty much do or a lot of abs I do like at nonstop abs, uh-huh. leg raises and V-ups and like plank holds. And I had absolutely no idea what else to do. So that was it. That's what I did. Yeah. There was that like phase. I remember where it was like after every single workout, you had to do like 15 minutes of abs, at least in my mind. Like I was convinced. Yep. Um, Lexi talks about it all the time when like she first moved in and we were always going to the gym and she like hadn't started, hadn't started, wait, 
had not started coming with us to the gym. That didn't sound right. Um, she was like, yeah, I would just go to LA fitness and do like every ab exercise that I could possibly think of doing and never really saw any results and took like a long time to correlate body fat percentage with like being able to see your abs. Yeah. Um, but like you really don't have any clue what to do. And then you just start copying other people in the gym and copying other people in the gym is not necessarily the best way of learning. Cause right. I mean, you could be copying all of the wrong things, but it took me like a solid, I would say year of being in college and going to the college gym. And like, what I mean by going is like actually like showing up to the gym and stretching and walking on the treadmill and then going home to like yeah. go downstairs where the weightlifting happened and not even like good weightlifting, just like using machines and like using a dumbbell. And I had to wait until one of my girlfriends like started doing it with her boyfriend. And then I would just kind of like tag along and do what they were telling me to do. And then like thought that I was doing enough to like go out and binge drink and like go out and like yeah. eat a ton of food. And like, it's just like this weird negative cycle. Cause you're even like in the beginning of time, you're taught about like calories in versus calories out. So you're like, okay, well, I think I did 500 calories of bicep curls and I think leg extension and glute kickbacks. Cause like glute kickbacks are the thing. They're still yeah. kind of a, like a big trendy thing, but then we would go out and drink until 4am and I'd wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't know why I look this way. Like, I don't know why I feel this way. There's a picture that comes up every once in a while that like my girlfriends love to post where mm -hmm. I, I'm like the definition of skinny fat. Cause that's like what happens after you stop doing like sports in sports. high school. Yeah. But yeah. my legs are so funny. They're like all the same shape all the way down, but like also like very like cellulite -y. Okay. And I, I will never forget them posting that picture and me having like a meltdown about it. And I'm like, you need to take that down right now. <laughs> and they'll repost it all the time. Like they know that I don't like the picture, but it's like a, a very like memorable evening for us in our lives. Yeah. But like, I still yeah. like, I remember looking at that picture and I'm like, all right, well, this is it. This is, I need to figure out how to go from here and be an actual fit person. And that was like yeah. right around the time that I met Ryan. So all the things that I thought I had known about the gym like, I thought that I had, like, a 135 back squat. It was, like, a quarter squat, and I thought that I could deadlift, and I, like, was, like, doing cat back deadlifts. And he's like, okay, well, you pretty much have to start all the way from the ground up. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I think but we all have take that, that with a grain of salt. Right. Like, we think we're doing, um, like, we're think we think we're lifting the right ways, and then when you're actually, you kind of have to have that, uh, that moment in time. Moment. Yeah, where you're just like, shit, I wasn't doing anything right. And that's okay. And then you just kind of start over because then you progress doing the right things and you kind of look back and you're like, well, that's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, you got to put your ego aside. For sure. Because like, For once sure. you get to like, everyone's very, um, at least, and I've always been like very PR focused. So like, yeah. And especially like when you first start, you're like, okay, like last week I got 135, like this week I have to get 140. And then it's like, sometimes that's even in the same week, like Tuesday, I got 135, like a 135 back squat. Now Thursday, I have to get a 140 back squat, yeah. even though that's not how progress actually works. Like maxing out every day is not the best way to progress. Like, you'll progress to some point and then you're going to either injure yourself or like you're not building enough muscle 
around those like singular movements. Yeah. I get actually strong enough to make more progress, but yeah, I think that was, uh, that was one of my most, I would say most recent within the last probably like year or so, um, is like my approach to training. Like I, when I first started lifting, it was like, it probably was not doing things correctly. Um, and then, you know, you have to have that come to G come to Jesus moment. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, now I need to take a step back and start over and make sure that I'm like lifting properly. But then it's like, the more you, uh, keep lifting, or at least for me, the more I kept training that way. And then just meeting other coaches and working with other people, then I started to pick up on, uh, like different styles of training, like RIR, for example, like that's new to me. And I, mm-hmm. that I was introduced to that because of Dom, but like, that's been like legit, probably the best training program I've ever followed in like, go, Dom. go Dom. Yeah. Shout out to Dom. <laughs> but like, but like, that's, I would have never, you know, realized that. Um, and it's not like we don't have a big focus on like cardio or anything like that. Like it's just straight weightlifting. And Mm -hmm. I don't like sometimes when I have, I introduce it to some of my clients that are like really serious about, you know, going into the gym, they actually can perform movements properly. Um, so I'm confident like giving them that type of like training program. And, um, I still get like questions like, well, what about like, am I going to get too bulky? Am I going to get like really masculine? And I'm like, well, you know, I would understand where you're coming from. Cause I was at that point too, where I was afraid that that was going to happen, but that's just not the case. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. I think that's a very like male driven, uh, issue. Cause like you still get people who are like, Oh, like it's mostly men. Like, Oh, if you keep weight, like weightlifting like that, you're going to end up looking like a man. Oh, well you weightlift. Cause at this point you don't look like a man. And I mean, I guess I got to try harder than you're trying right now, but yeah, it's annoying. Cause we get that, um, we'll get that at the bar, like when we're bartending and then they'll tell us that our arms are very like masculine and muscular and stuff like that. Yeah. Muscular yeah. is like, sometimes I get like one of those like backhanded compliments. Yeah. Oh, like you're so like muscular. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Like, or like, do you work out? No, just no. born like this. <laughs> or you must, or you must be a swimmer. No, I actually like horrible at swimming. I try yeah. very hard, but not a good swimmer. Um, also in the beginning, I didn't have like any real goals. Like, and the goals that I had were like stupid goals. Now that's not, not a nice thing to say, but like they weren't, um, like achievable goals. Like yeah. I remember like finding out about like bodybuilding and like bikini competitors and really attaching myself to one person that I would yep. see in the gym all the time. And she was the first person I ever knew to do a bodybuilding competition. And she was, she was like at that, in that point where it was like very extreme, like the, like the measures that they would take were very extreme. And she would like do like incline walking on the treadmill. She would like be incline walking on the treadmill when I got there. And like, I didn't really spend too much time in the gym, maybe like an hour. But by the time I left, she was still doing it. And she was in like a sweatshirt and sweatpants and she was like completely sweat through like both of these things and I was like wow that's hard work I was like that's what I need to do in order to compete in the future like I didn't really think about it too hard because like I never looked at myself in the beginning as someone who could like make it to the stage but I was just yeah. not very confident in that 
Um, and then, then I would watch her like weight lift, even though it was like, she would do like these, uh, like barbell walking lunges and she would like need like some of the gym associates, to, like put the barbell on the, her back. And it was like the 70 pound easy curl bar. And like, I still like, they're like very vivid memories of like watching her do it. And I'm just like, in just complete shock. Yeah. And, like, I was definitely doing like the creepy, like open mouth stare just cause I was like, that's so cool. And right. it was like inspiring, but like, I was also picking up bad habits yeah. And like thinking that was exactly what I needed to do. I need to do it. Incline walking. I need to do really heavy barbell walking lunges. And, I was yeah. like, and then I can compete. And like, yeah. I didn't see like anything else that she was doing. Cause I think I would only catch her on those days that she was there. Um, but yeah, just not having a real goal. That wasn't a goal. That was just me trying to like copy one person. I could have had like a manageable goal. Like, I don't know just getting to the gym more than twice a week or like three times a week and maybe like cleaning up what I was eating a little bit. Cause I think that I lived on literally peanut butter milkshakes and uh Chipotle. Yeah. How much has changed, but <laughs> I balance it a little bit better. I was going like, to say, yeah. Like when you're first getting into it, yeah. Like when you're first getting into it, I don't think like you kind of just go with what you're seeing around you. Um, and that's just like, I feel like that's anything in life. Like if you look at little kids, even when they grow up in certain environments, they're influenced by their peers, their teachers, their family, like what you see is what they kind of, or what they see, they kind of mimic. And I think it's the same thing when you're getting into like a, um, healthier lifestyle approach or a fitness lifestyle, you kind of, if you really don't know, and you're like left in the dark and you're not really sure what to do. Like, I remember, (sighs) I remember watching, oh gosh, do you remember like the influencers that would make YouTube videos and it was like what I eat in a day yeah, or like, I honestly, my, like, I see really body workout. <laughs> I do well, too. Only specific people, yeah. but yeah, I lived on, lived for stuff like that. I remember like watching, um, gosh, who did I, I used to watch like Nikki Blackadder all the time. Desi. Um, Desi, okay. was a competitor. Like, yeah. She, would put out way different content than she puts out now yeah and so I remember watching those day in and day out I would spend hours watching these what I eat in the day videos these gym haul videos whatever the hell it was thinking like okay I want to look like her so let me eat exactly what she's eating what types of foods like how is she you know what are her macros how is she tracking macros or whatever thinking like I would be able to like eventually look like that not knowing that it's definitely not the case and it's very individual per person but that was that was like the whole start when I first got into it it was crazy I was right oh Taylor Chamberlain was the other one I still follow yeah I still follow her too I like her she's um she's actually kind of stayed relatively normal yeah a lot of the people that I would follow um or that I followed in like early 2010 and 11 and 12 before like fit influencers were really like a thing and they were just kind of like recording videos to like show you their like like whole workout in a day and it wasn't like I don't know it was kind of like a more of like a wholesome time back then yeah like I think that if I go through my Instagram I have like saved videos of like both Taylor Chamberlain and Desby were competing around the same time like back in the day like five or six years ago and they would do like some some pretty decent like workouts where they're like barbell squatting and I like learned how to sumo deadlift which I don't ever do anymore like yeah. from watching like the two of them and um those what I eat in a day videos 
they they have like a good underlying reason that they're making them and like some of the things that they do like when they would like meal prep big food items like I used to not be able to like eat pre-made like food that I had cooked that had sat in the fridge and like you saw this like whole notion in my mind that it would like give me food poisoning but like after watching those this is like completely a personal thing though after watching them like re-eat leftover food I'm like okay well I guess gotta be a big girl and I gotta do that it's not gonna kill me um they would also like kind of give some ideas on how to like prepare foods so like that there was like there was always like this like 50 50 like benefit to not benefit like ratio of those videos because you're right like you can't just copy someone else's macros like desby is like five nine and i think she weighs like 150 155 in her off season and i'm five four (laughs) like yeah it's it's different so if I tried to eat like her, I would probably not, um, nothing would make sense for my body. But also like, um, I bounced around like a lot in like what I wanted to do in the beginning. Like, and I felt like I was just very impressionable. So like I had a friend who started powerlifting and I was like, Oh, I'm going to do powerlifting. And I, at that point I weighed like 108 pounds, like soaking wet and like could not figure out how to like lift a barbell. Like I could not figure out how to do a deadlift for the longest time. Deadlifting for some reason, which is like such a simple movement now to me. Yeah. My brain did not compute. Like I learned how to do like a snatch and a clean and jerk faster than I learned how to do a deadlift. It was like the, I don't know why my brain didn't know where my knees went. Like Ryan makes fun of me all the time. Cause like there was one point, like he was trying to teach me in our gym and I was like, I don't know where my knees go. <laughs> and I was like, just, I could not figure out my brain couldn't get that movement down. But anyway, thought I wanted to do powerlifting. And then I like saw a girl in the gym who was doing bodybuilding. I was like, I want to do bodybuilding. And I got probably eight weeks into like a bodybuilding, like prep yeah. and just thought that it was the worst thing ever and like had a very hard time and I was like I had to quit like I'm not doing this and then I kind of crossed it like really early on like and it wasn't real crossfit it was like a boot camp that called itself crossfit and I like went with a couple of girlfriends and I was like okay like this is kind of fun and then Ryan taught me how to olympic lift I was like I want to do olympic weightlifting but I could have like if I could go back in time and like make myself stick to one or the other um, I think that I would have been a little bit more successful than just that one. But yeah. again, I haven't changed very much because last year we decided to do like a bodybuilding show out of nowhere and competed in that. And if I would have just not done that, I would be way more successful in CrossFit right now than yeah. you gotta live and learn. But I don't think, uh, no one will see me on stage anytime in the near future. I think I'm done bodybuilding for real, for real this time. Are but. you sure? Yeah, it's not really like for me. I don't ever do well. Like I die it down and I don't, I really don't. And I, I, I know going into it that like, I'm probably not going to do like as well as I could, but yeah, you know, I just, not, it's, I'm not made for it. And it has to be like a whole, like, bodybuilding's hard, man. You, like, it's, like, you really have to dedicate so much of your free time, like throughout the year to it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not, and you only get like, you get like two or three shows out of it through the whole year. At least at the CrossFit, you can like compete every weekend if you wanted to. Yeah, that's like, that's and, a plus. Yeah, and it's like a very 
tangible, like, you know, when you're losing, you know, when you're winning, you know how to change why you lost and why you won based on like, okay, well, I didn't weight lift or I didn't like lift as much as this person. I didn't go as fast on this apparatus as I could have. My gymnastics is weak. Go home and you practice that. Bodybuilding is like, maybe your suit was the wrong color. Maybe your tan was bad. Maybe your hair wasn't the right length and you don't really kind of, what are you going to do about that? Yeah, I remember when I uh, when I competed, I did um, what I got fifth out of whatever. I think there was like a, it was like a class of like thirty girls, uh-huh. and uh, that it's not bad for my first show. I was like, all right, but they told me it was because my um, my body was disproportionate because my quads were very dominant and my upper body wasn't. It didn't match it. So I'm like, okay, so now I have to go spend. Uh, the next several months trying to either grow the top or get my legs to shrink. You know what I mean? Get smaller. Um, But yeah, bodybuilding is not like, it's something when I got into it, I guess I really had no idea what I was actually getting into. It was one of those things where I was just like, I was the girl that like played all the sports. I was the same way, like as you're talking about, where I just like tried a bunch of things when it just kind of came to my mind because I played all kinds of different sports, Um, which I guess there's some like there's some like good things that come along with that because you figure out what you actually like and what you don't like um, just from trying so many different things. But yeah, I remember like I started lifting and stuff because of uh, like varsity sports and then it was just like, I quit sports and just kept lifting. And then I had people that were like, oh, you should do a show. You should do a show. Like you are built for it, whatever. So I looked into it, just hired a random coach that I found, did my first show. And I was like, what the hell? Like no one taught me about rebounding or like coming like post show, like all of these things that come along with it. I just had to go through it and suffer. But yeah, man, it's a lot. It's- I kind of had like a similar, I wanted to do a bodybuilding show after seeing like the girl that I would see at the gym all the time. I went to Ryan's like bodybuilding show for the first time ever. And I would look at these girls. I'm like, oh, that's easy. I could do that. Like I can get on stage and like, you actually have no idea like what goes into it, especially in the beginning. Yeah. And like, like, you see it and you're like, I want that. I can do that. Yep. And then like you actually get into it and you're like, wait a second. This is not even what I would imagine. You're like mesmerized by show day. Like, yes. especially like if you're like a serial, like a bodybuilding show spectator and like, that's all you see is the end result. And you're yeah. like, Oh, like this is fun. You get your hair done, you get your makeup done, you got a nice tan, like you get to wear high heels and it's fun. You get to like spend your five whole minutes on stage in total. Yeah. Like with- people take pictures with you. You get compliments. Yeah. You look amazing. And like yeah. one in every 1000 people become like a pro and like, yeah. And it's cool. And then you have no idea like how long they've worked and how hard they've worked and how they've dedicated like their entire year of training to, like you said, building one part of your body, like their shoulders, because one judge at one show told them like your shoulders aren't wide enough to be proportionate, like with your, let's say underbody, lower body. Um, but yeah, what else did I have? Oh, a really, really important one that I had, uh, I was under the assumption that in order to like lose the body fat that I had, I couldn't eat as much as I wanted to eat. So 
I was on this like really weird, I like got myself into this weird restrictive diet where I was eating what I thought was like healthy food. So like the basically peanut butter milkshake that I was eating after the gym didn't count towards like my, like what I was thinking of clean eating. Cause you know, I had just done fitness and like I needed to, you know, replenish all the calories that I had lost doing like three by 10 bicep curl, three by 10, like leg extension for like five days in a row. So I'd go home and like never weighed any of my food, which I think I'm still like a very firm believer in learning how to like weigh your food and track your food and treating it like a bank account. Basically, I didn't know what macros were and like, I didn't know how many calories I should be eating. I just thought about the food that I was eating and I would have like chicken and broccoli or like fish and broccoli. Um, I drank a lot of orange juice. I don't know what was in my head that I thought orange juice was super healthy and super good for you. I just got that one in my head and I would drink like a ton of orange juice all the time. If you've ever actually looked at orange juice, there's like 36 carbs and 240 ounces, which is like a cup. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say it freaking adds up quick but that's something that most people I mean you don't think about it at first it's healthy it's an orange so I don't know I was just not not eating enough for my body and what I was doing because I still had a very active job I coached six seven hours a day every day and like on my feet running around with kids um uh cliff bars and luna bars like I didn't really know how like a like a protein bar worked or what a protein bar was. Yeah. Um, Oh, I also had a girlfriend who I think she's a lot better now, but she had a horrible eating disorder when we were in college, but she ate very like, uh, guess picky. Like when we would go out to restaurants, she would always get, and I remember copying the things that she would get like exactly. And she would get like, um, I'll never forget. She had like a quesadilla with no bread once. And the, the people who are like no tortilla and we're at Bahama breeze and they're like, so you want chicken and cheese on a plate? She said, yes. I was like, that's what I got to eat. I was like, she's skinny. You can see her abs. Like, Oh, I got to eat chicken and cheese on a plate. And I remember like taking my dad, like my dad came and visited and like, we went out to Bahama breeze. That was like a big, like UCF thing. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to get this chicken and cheese on a plate. And he's like, Oh, you guys were here like a couple weeks ago. Right. That's a weird order. It's healthy. It was literally like literally chicken, cheese on a plate and like rice and beans on the side. But I didn't eat those. But so I was like, oh, this keto is kind of kind of like, Without but that was like before it. keto. That was like, yeah, sophomore year of college, like 2012, 20, 20, no, 2013. I don't know. I was just dumb. And then like, I was tired all the time. And like, I was also binge drinking at night, like not thinking that any of that counted towards yeah like your caloric intake so she's not very smart I wish I had a little bit more guidance in the beginning or that Instagram was like to the point where it is now where there's like kind of like more content out there surrounding like health healthy eating and there's yeah. like a couple of like people right now at least in the CrossFit space who advocate for like women eating more the more active they get and like love it Amanda Barnhart she's like a Cross it, sweetheart. She always talks about like she'll like put our calories up. She's at like eating like four thousand calories like a day. And she's like, Crazy. this is what you need to eat to maintain like muscle in a sport like this. And see, and that's helpful though. People. Yeah, because even and just this- hearing that, I'm like, wow. Like I would love to eat four thousand calories a day. 
honestly give me like i mean would i be able to and like sustain like what i have going on maybe not but the idea of like hearing other women openly share that i can see where like I don't know, like I've had, again, going back to like watching the what you eat in a day videos or just following influencers that don't really share, they'll share their macros, but it's like, if every, I kind of look at it this way, like back in that time, however many years ago it was when I was first getting into the fitness space, it probably was like five or six years ago, like watching those videos, I think we've all kind of evolved as like a society within the fitness space, because I think even then all of those girls, at least the ones that I were following were probably under eating and having these poor, um, like tendencies around food and stuff that they were sharing, uh, like not unwillingly, like they didn't know, right. Like no one knew, but like, they were just trying to be like, Hey, I'm a vlogger. This is what I eat in the day, but you're also sharing something that is not, ideal or maybe like there's other things that need to be addressed versus like now I think when you go on Instagram if you can sift through like the bullshit and like actually start following people that know what they're talking about um you start to get like the women that are like hey you can eat more than 2,000 calories a day or I would say for most women I get a lot of like oh I eat under 1,200 calories because that's what I need and it's like well not necessarily so whatever but um just to know that those like influencers are sharing like I'm eating over a decent amount of calories per day I think that that kind of that helps those of us that are like afraid of it because mm-hmm. of what we've been conditioned with for like over the course of how many years as like the fitness space has like developed it's a stigma it's like yeah. a I think that a fun thing to do would be like compile a list of like positive influences in the internet space yeah and share that with start. people yeah actually that would like, be a really good idea because i didn't have that no one told me no. i was just like hey they look good they're cute let's follow them exactly or you get to like the really negative side and you're like oh she's doing great at bodybuilding shows and like bodybuilders don't always have like the best uh eating habits honestly they especially bikini girls they could yeah. uh get pushed down like a bad path and like Brian and I talk about this like one instance all the time. We were in Charleston and we were at um whose bodybuilding show is who were we there for? Anthony? It was Anthony's bodybuilding show. And we were at CVS after like the show had like ended. And yeah. we had seen a girl on stage and like she was walking around in the aisle and she was on the phone with her coach and she had like a protein bar in her hand and like something else. And she was like, Oh, just water for dinner? And he was like, like I, we can't, couldn't hear the other side of the conversation. Yeah. She's like, okay, well, I was going to have like a protein bar. She's like, okay, I'll go put it back now. So like, she probably hadn't eaten anything all day. The only thing she wanted was like a protein bar. And then yeah. I guess on the other end of the phone call, you weren't allowed to do that. You had to have water you before water. you went to bed. And this is after she competed. So like, usually when you're done competing, everybody goes cheesecake factory. You have spaghetti say. on pizza. Like you, right. you fuck it up. Like a pig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sometimes wow. if you're that serious of a bikini competitor, I guess you just go home and you have I mean, water maybe for dinner. If she had like another show, but even then she would still eat after her show. Yeah. But like you have time. There's no way you have a bodybuilding show on no, the I Sunday mean, like, after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, unless, cause I remember watching some of these girls that would compete like 
four or five times out of the year. And then it's interesting because like these same influencers, and I don't remember specific names off the top of my head, but like later on, like years down the road, like they come out like, yeah, I had an eating disorder and I dealt with this and I dealt with that and I rebounded and you see them like they gained all this weight and they're talking about all their hormone issues that they're dealing with and all this treatment they have to go through. And it's like, it's really interesting to watch it. Cause like growing up, like watching them, you thought the world of them and you're like, how can I do what they're doing? And then years down the road, when they're coming out with all these like health issues that they're having, it's like, shit, like, Okay, I could have gone down this road. Right, right. Or you could have never made it work for you because you didn't have those, like, natural tendencies. Yeah. But it's good that they're being transparent about it because it could help women now who are just getting into it see that. I always think about the kids who follow me that I used to coach who are, like, old enough now to see things that I post, like, I have like a bunch of like 16, 17, 18 year olds, girl, 18 year old girls who I used to coach and they're like 10, 11, 12 who yeah. like, I never post anything bad online, but I, I post a lot of the food that I eat and I try to post the calories so that yeah. they see that like most of the food that I yeah. eat has like, most of my meals are like 600 to 700 calories yeah. a piece. So yeah. there's always like a high protein content and a high, like a relative, like moderate fat and like a ton of carbs. Like, I want them to see that, like, because you get, like, really curious kids all the time, and they'll ask you, like, why are you eating this? And it's hard to explain to, like, a kid. There's also a ton of red tape around, like, what you're allowed to say to a kid when you're an educator and what you're not allowed to say. Yeah. Um, But as long as you keep it, like, kind of, like, anecdotal, where you're like, well, I eat this because I am an athlete, and I spend a ton of time, like, in the gym just like you. And you, like, try to it's about you, but you try to like make it about them. And like, I like to eat my bag of beef jerky while I'm coaching because I can't eat a sandwich <laughs> and like <laughs> on your way to the gym. Like, but like gymnastics has always been touted as like a, a body dysmorphic sport. And it's kind of transitioning away from that. Like if you see some of like, especially in collegiate gymnastics, these girls are like thick now, yeah. like, thick and yeah. big, strong. And it's like a, it's much better for like the sports image to see like and these girls are like 10 times more powerful I was just gonna say but like in the early 2000s and like late 90s like all you ever seen like and there are still like some very successful skinny gymnasts who like are naturally like look like that like Nasia Lugan is tiny 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 and she's still tiny 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 um but no one's out there saying that you can't be a like a high level competitive gymnast anymore without being but that's like not to that's not every gym and that's not every program because like yeah. I've heard um the term too fat to twist which is like oh my after oh yeah and like too heavy to swing bars stuff like that like not even like that long ago but there are still gyms and still like it's still something that needs to be talked about and worked on in that yeah. sport and kind of talked about and worked on it as a whole for women but I was gonna say yeah that makes me think of um cross-country runners naturally I feel like most of them are very just lean because the fact mm-hmm. that they run all the freaking time but um I feel like that's something that would be another type of like space that would need that type of conversation as well yeah, to know that like 
Yeah. Or to like, let them know to eat. Like, I feel like a lot, like I remember in high school growing up, like, cause I ran track and stuff. Like there were these like people, like uh, girls, guys too, I guess that would like, they wouldn't eat. And it's like, they run so much. I don't know if like, it's not like, it would be like you'd run a race and then like you would have like a Gatorade afterwards. And it's like, but that's not why. Or like, then it would be like, everyone would go out after a meet and we just like chow down on something. And like, that's all they, like, that's what you would eat. And it's like the inconsistency of your nutrition around certain sports like that is really interesting. And I'm surprised it's not talked more about, but. I think that a very interesting class to have, I mean, schools are already struggling so much with like being able to create a good curriculum, but like having like an actual health class, like where it's talks about like nutrition and healthy eating. And especially if you are like a varsity junior varsity athlete at school, you should have to take like a nutrition course. Yeah. Or at least the coach has to like give. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like as a coach, I'm pretty sure like you have that. I mean, I don't know what it was back then, but like now, like I feel like all coaches have to have a part of their degree is like at least learning something at like the foundation of like nutrition. nutrition, something. Yeah. Because then it's like you to apply that to like teaching that to your team, I feel like would be essential. Even if it's just, high school, middle school teams, like I get it. If it was like, maybe they emphasize it more in like uh, college or like pro sports. But like, I would, I would say that like the high school level and even middle school level is just as important because those kids are still developing. Cause like, you know, our age, when we're in that, that those grades, you, you know, I don't know, man. And those habits that you start young translate like for life especially when they start young, like modeling after, I mean, having good role models also helps. Like I never really had good coach role models when I was a kid. They're always just usually very overweight, which is like a strange thing, like Mm -hmm. for a gymnastics coach. And then they would tell kids they were too fat to fly and stuff like that. And yeah, like this very weird, like, I don't know. And like, I don't want to like pull like a jab at like, have you ever watched dance moms? Yes. Long time ago, but like, yeah. Oh man, I used to be obsessed. But like Abby Lee, who it was like notorious for being like just a horrible but dance coach. Really Good mean. dance coach, but like oh, okay. um really mean. But she was yeah. always like she was like three hundred pounds and telling these tiny yeah. little kids that they like like a big um ballet term is like I can see your lunch, which means like uh-huh. your stomach's sticking out. And okay. she would say that to like five, six, seven year old eight year old kids. Hmm. That's good. That's going to make some good habits for these kids who are now not going to have lunch before they come to like their 10 hour dance day. But again, I always, I feel like I can always get onto this topic about talking about poor kids. I feel like every, every Tuesday too, we've done, I think it's been talked about. Ends up with kids. Yep. Yep. Oh man, my scratchy. Um, I think that's like all. Oh, one thing that I did want to talk about is when you are getting into the fitness space, do your research on your coach. Because if you just yeah. pick a coach that you've seen on Instagram with a lot of girls who look really good, you have yeah, no I idea what you're getting into. It's exactly what I did. I lucked out because I have a, a built-in coach, but I never had to do like the, the search and find 
But now I hear horror stories from all of his clients and all of my friends who have had horrible, horrible coaches, have coaches put you in the hospital, um, ditched you on show day, stuff like that. Like you kind of just, it might be the more expensive coach that you choose, but like, it's your life. Like that is kind of at risk and it doesn't sound that serious. Like when you're thinking about becoming a bodybuilder, but if they give you a lifelong eating disorder and a lifelong like hormonal disorder, like it is your life. Now your hair's falling out. Now you can never lose weight again. Now like everything is off track. Like that's one person's fault because you didn't do your research and sorry to put the blame on you, but like reach out to some of those like clients that they have and say, how was your experience? Especially if someone leaves a coach, how was your experience with this person? Why was your experience this way? And there's always one coach that I'm not going to name by names that I see who like party with their clients, which I find very, very off-putting. Like if your client, if your coach is asking you to come to drinks with him or to go to a music festival with him, where does your, like, where does being a coach and being a client, I was just going to say, like, where do the lines start to blur? I think the coach wants friends more so than actually helping individuals with their health. So just be very wary. Just there's yeah, no, nothing wrong with thing. like reaching out to their clients and saying, Hey, like you don't need to give me any secrets, but like girl to girl, like, was it easy working with this person? Are they understanding? Are you free to talk yeah. about things that like you would feel like are TMI? Like yeah. you have to be able to be very comfortable with coaches And like, there aren't as many female bodybuilding coaches out there as there are male bodybuilding coaches. Most of like my girlfriends have had male bodybuilding coaches, which kind of creates this, like, I don't really feel comfortable talking about certain things environment, which could lead to bad things down the road. Um, but that's my, that's my, uh, my final, like real I guess. No, that's a good one. That's, that's good. I, cause I did that when I first competed, like my coach that I chose, it was like, she had a lot of Instagram followers and I was like, you know what? She knows what she's doing because that was like that time when like Instagram was becoming more big of a thing. So if you had, you know, over 10 K, it was like a big deal. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with her. She must know what she's doing. And it was like, I was surprised looking back at that experience. Like I'm grateful for it because you definitely like, I learned a bunch and it got me to where I am. But at the same time, like for working with a female coach, I'm surprised, um, that I couldn't talk to her as much as you would think about like female things. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like a really big, um, I guess red flag is what you could consider it. If you can't talk to your coach about the personal, um, stuff side of your life. Yeah. The personal side of your life, whether it's about like your period hormones, if anything's going on, like I encourage my clients to come to me, even if it's like a mental issue and you're dealing with stuff like, no, you don't have to tell me your whole life that's fine. But like to give me an idea of the type of stressors that you're dealing with and what you're going through, because then that helps me try to make things easier for you or whatever the case is. Um, yeah, I definitely think that's a good one. I'm glad you brought that one up. If I were to ever, I don't think that it's a space that I actually want to be in, but I've learned from Ryan that there is 
no such thing as too much information. There's only such thing as too little information. So I'd rather have yeah. you overwhelm me with things that you think are gross. But like, if you think that I haven't seen it before, then you're insane. Or if I haven't dealt with it before, then I don't know. Yeah. I know that there are coaches out there who are shaming people into doing certain things. Like if you want to take time off because you have really bad cramps, like you'll have those coaches who are like, you need to suck it up. Like you need to go to yeah. the gym or yeah. like if you binge on the weekend, you have coaches who are like calling you on the phone, like yelling at you, making you feel like a piece of shit. Cause like you went yeah. off track. Like those are the type of volatile coaches that I don't think a lot of people out them. I would love to see some like bodybuilding whistleblowing happen yeah. in like the next couple of years. Like just I, like nobody wants to be that person, but you are the, the hero that we all need. <laughs> Like right. out there telling everybody. And I mean, it happens every once in a while, but you could save like a enough. lot of people yeah. from like, cause it's not only female centric too. Like I'm sure the way that male bodybuilding coaches talk to male bodybuilders is very similar yeah. to the way that they talk to female competitors because like, and like guys have relatively the same issues with like overeating undereating it's just not as talked about and maybe there's like this whole other side that we I feel like it's probably worse for guys because I feel like as a male coach to talk to another male they could probably be a lot more aggressive they probably might feel a little bit yeah like a little bit nicer to a female like that aggressiveness or that intimidation or whatever is probably still there but I feel like a guy to a guy it's probably worse yep I don't know I think I'd have to do some like Hmm, maybe that's a good Facebook question for the week. Have you ever had a negative experience with a coach? I'd be interested to hear what everybody has to say. You don't have to yeah. name anybody. It'd be cool if you did, but and then we'll we'll um, DM them. We'll be like, listen, we heard hey, that we you know are all about an this. asshole, so let's not be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bud. Yeah, that one. That one's tricky, man. That one's tricky. Um, and I think that, oh, I guess I wrote down, like, having too high of expectations for myself in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I'm, like, a, I'm a very type A person. So, like, I thought two months into uh, clean eating and, like, exercising that I would look like the girl that I had admired so much who had been bodybuilding for, like, three years before I had even met her. Um, yeah. And then I was, like, crushed when it was like two months in, I'm like, I haven't lost any weight. I haven't gained any muscle. Like, I still feel like shit. Um, I might as well not even do this. Like it was not attainable. And then I just kind of like dropped off for a little while and like went back all to partying and all the bad habits and I'd have some reasonable expectations when you start out, like, yeah, make your goals as simple and achievable as possible. Like making three meals at home through the, for the week and like, not going out and drinking both nights of the weekend, maybe just one night of the weekend, and then try to yeah. filter that stuff out. Yeah.